Welcome to First Mile's Climate Heroes. I'm your host, Bruce Bratley, founder of recycling company First Mile. On this show, we meet and learn from the climate heroes who are building solutions right now to tackle climate change. Two million pieces of litter are dropped in Britain every day, and this equals about 23 pieces per second. Litter is harmful to the environment, creates a poor impression of an area, and is expensive to clear up. Estimates reckon it's about £30 per year per household to clear up litter in the UK. This week, my guest on First Mile's Climate Heroes is Litter Lotto, and they're calling on the public to support the cleanup of streets and the countryside. In return, they're offering litter pickers a free-to-enter monthly £10,000 jackpot lottery with many more weekly and daily prizes just for picking up litter. To tell us all about this, I'm delighted to welcome Simon Jacobs as my guest on this episode of Climate Heroes. Simon is the Mr. Beast of Litter, the CMO at Litter Lotto, or his preferred moniker, Lord of Litter. Welcome to the show, Lord Litter. Thank you very much, Bruce. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to be on the podcast and uh, look forward to, to chatting a bit more about what we do and how we can get involved. Well, it's a fascinating thing you've got going on and uh, great to have you on Climate Heroes. So what is the environmental problem that you're addressing with Litter Lotto? So the problem we're tackling is litter. Uh, simple as that. Litter on the streets eventually ends up harming wildlife, ends up in our in our seas, killing killing animals, killing fish, etc. And ultimately, also ending up in our bodies as well with microplastics. You know, and and as simple as it upsets. You know, walking down the street, it's not a nice thing to see as well. And it's such a simple thing to fix. Just needs a slight behaviour change. Um, so that's what we're that's what we're focusing on. And our big thing is positive encouragement. So yeah, that's what we're focusing on. And how does a how does a lottery fix? literally <laughs> so our idea is to encourage people to to pick up litter not to find them you know we think that the carrot is much more powerful than the stick and so our idea was well how can we incentivize people to pick up litter unfortunately we can't afford to pay every single human being that picks up litter um or puts it in the bin uh, if we could we would um, we're not quite unfortunately we're not quite as wealthy as mr beast just yet um <laughs> so the idea is to obviously um offer a chance to offer a chance to win um and so there are quite a few chances there are both spot prizes and jackpots you mentioned that there's monthly jackpots in the uk in particular there are weekly jackpots weekly jackpots now um, which is really exciting and we've got spot prizes as well and coming up and i think as this as this podcast will come out we are also introducing coins as well so you'll also be able to get claim rewards as well which is really exciting so basically i would anticipate that every one in three one in four times you bid a piece of litter you'll win some form of prize on this lotto which is incredibly exciting and hopefully will slowly change behavior in people as well and so for the uninitiated how does it work so we're all sort of used to um uh, the National Lottery and Camelot and things like that. I think you maybe used to work at Camelot um, and maybe talk about that a bit later. But for the, for the pe- people who don't really understand how it works, because we're sort of probably used to going and spending two quid on a lottery ticket or whatever it costs now, but how on earth do you build a lotto for litter? Yeah, so it was it was it was a tricky thing to to bring together. You know, we had this idea, but how how do we make sure that it works? So, simply put, uh, it's a free to free to download, free to use app called Litter Lotto. You can get it on the Apple Store or the Play Store. You just you just type in Litter Lotto. You sign up with a few quick details, and then as and when you see some litter, um, you can now be encouraged to pick it up and put it in the bin. Or if you have litter in your hand, i.e., you've just been to the shop and you've got a bottle or you've got a sandwich box, you can use that as well. It doesn't have to be doesn't have to be litter on the ground. You just open the app, 
you click the camera button and as you're about to bin the litter you take a picture of your hand just above the the bin lid um, or the bin lip showing that you're about to put it in the bin you take the picture you submit it and then the app goes away it whirs away it tells you whether you want a spot prize on the spot and then all the entries you make also go towards the jackpots. So if you're in the UK, for example, every entry you make goes towards the weekly jackpot. And then once a week, we make a quick draw done by a third party. So we have no influence over it. And then you'll get a call from, it'll be me actually, to tell you that you've won the prize. Excellent. And what's the weekly jackpot in the UK now? The weekly the weekly jackpot in the UK is currently £1,000. Wow. So we have given away just under about half a million pounds um since we've begun which is just so incredible for to do something for you know it's for free it's for people who are doing the, the right thing and you know we're really encouraging a lot of people to do it it's, it's really exciting and i suppose that fact sort of answers my question that i hadn't realized um researching for this episode that you could actually use it for binning litter that if you you know had a coffee or something from starbucks you could then you could then take the photo of putting your own litter in the bin. I assumed it had been picking up someone else's littering, but that's great that you can do it just to reward positive behaviour rather than people throwing on the street. Yeah, it was. it's an interesting one, actually. When we first started, the idea was, how do we encourage people not to litter in the first place? And so it was originally, how do we encourage people to make sure they don't drop it on the floor? So we've, they've been to the newsagent, um, this is so stereotypical, they've been to the newsagent, they bought, the bought a chocolate bar. How do we make sure that they don't just chuck it on the floor? So we thought, okay, well, if we encourage people, they've got a chance to win a decent wad of money, um, then they'll think twice before doing it. But what we realised quite early on was that, you know, 80% of our entries were people picking up litter off the street. So we tapped into two things. One, we tapped into the litter picking world, as you as you mentioned in the intro. We tapped into the fact that there are already groups of people who go out there, incredible people who go out there actively going out picking up litter. Um, and so we we're giving them a chance to be rewarded for that. Um, not that they needed it, but why not? Um, but also we can see that, you know, not just stopping people from binning litter, not just stopping from people littering in the first place, but also going that one step further that we all walk past litter on a daily basis I think the good people in us, the, the the moral people, will walk past it, maybe touch, maybe think, oh, that's a shame, um, but won't do anything about it. And so we're, what we're seeing is that actually we're encouraging people to take it that step further, recognise that it's a bad thing, and then go and actually put it in the bin. So we, we've sort of got three different things going on there, which is really exciting. So yeah, absolutely, you can bin the stuff that you've got currently in your hand, you can bin the stuff that you've found on the street as well. Yeah, brilliant. And and you talk quite a lot there about the the fact that the system recognises that you have to be quite specific about having the letting go of the rubbish over the bin, the litter over the bin as you put it into the bin. Is that to, do you, are you finding people are trying to game the system, cheat, or is that something that's just sort of nice to have? Well, we need to see some form of evidence of action towards putting it in the bin. Yeah. So I mean, we, we, it, when people first sign up, there are instructions. But we see that some people just take a picture of the thing in the hand, and that doesn't tell us that they're, they're nowhere near a bin. So we have no idea whether they've done anything with it. And likewise, occasionally people take a picture of litter on the street, not near a bin. And so that doesn't that doesn't really do anything for us. There are there are other companies that that do do that that literally just track litter, which again is a, is a really good thing. You know, it shows the councils, for example, where litter is, and you know highlights highlights issues with with companies. But for us. In order to be entered into the prize draw, we need to see, as far as we're concerned, that it's going in the bin. I mean, our assumption is that if you're holding it over the bin, you're quite likely to put it in the bin. In the future, it might be a case of, you know, it'll be a short video um, to show that it's actually going in the bin. But at the moment, technology-wise, bandwidth-wise, it's easier to just be a picture. Yeah. 
And then the people who are doing it wrong, do they get a notification saying that they've needed to change their what they're doing, or do they yeah. just not? Yeah, so typically what happens, um, we verify every image, basically. Our system does that, and then our in-house team does that as well. If you've been assigned a spot prize, you get double verification, basically. So if you want a spot prize, it goes through the verification. Our team then looks at it. If you've done something wrong, um, wildly wrong, let's say you've just taken a picture of the TV, for example, our team will say, this is clearly not an image of litter. Exp- you know, Give them a quick explanation. If they've almost hit the mark let's say they've just taken a picture of litter for example we might let them off might let them have the spot prize and explain that actually in the future it needs to be going in the bin so there are different ways of explaining um, but yeah ultimately we don't just leave people to take wrong pictures we do inform them as much as possible and what we find is and this, this is a big learning in itself um for me you know it's how do we move people they've downloaded the app They've gone through the effort of taking a picture. All they need to do is get the right picture and they can win a prize. So we can slowly nudge people to the right behavior. You know, so we have we have had people who've downloaded the app and tried to take that. I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on this, but I won't. We've had people who try and take the piss, uh, shall we say. Take a, you know, they recognize that if they keep taking loads of those pictures, they'll get a spot prize here and there. And what we recognised early on, we were having bicker, we were having arguments in the team, saying, "Should we? What should we do with these people? Should we ban them? Should we get rid of them?" I said, "You know, let's try and change them. You know, let's try and tell them that if they were, if it's so easy to win a spot prize, but if they'd actually taken a viable picture, they would have won that money." And what we've seen is when we have taken people on the journey, we've given them a chance. You know, quite a lot of them have have gone out, taken picture things as they're about to put it in the bin, and they've won spot prizes. Um, so for me, it's you know giving people benefit of the doubt, giving people the chance to actually win the money. So yeah. what, what's the spot prize? There are there are spot prizes from five pounds to fifty pounds. Obviously, the higher higher up the the less there are. There's a lot more five pounds than there are fifty pounds. There are there are thousands every month. I can't remember the exact figure. There are thousands of five pound prizes available. And the million dollar question for our listeners is: Where's all this money coming from? Great, great question. So, um, when we first started, it was it was coming from some investment that we raised. So, one of the founders um, had, had had other businesses and um, managed to get some investment in. So, it was coming from our own our own bank accounts originally. And then we've been we've part, we've been looking to partner with some big companies. So, in particular, in the UK, we partnered with McDonald's, and so they 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 paid to be part of the partnership, and then also funded a lot of the prizes. Um, so we're currently currently still riding on that high. Um, it was great for us in terms of, in theory, great brand exposure, and also you know having some having some cash in the bank. We're always exploring the ways that we could make money, but also be able to afford to pay out prizes. And we we are currently reviewing that. Um, we're we're always in transition. When we when we started at McDonald's, we weren't in a particularly strong position. We had not many users. We had the concept. Um, and McDonald's came to us as a big brand, and we basically, not necessarily, not necessarily bent over, but you know, we we did a lot for them. That you know, in a few in a few months' time, when we've got got a heck load more users, and we've got a lot more power, we might might have been in a different position to be able to da- demand more, etc. And so that's where we that's where we currently are. So, in answer to your question, previously it's been from brands and working with them. In the future, it might change. Yeah. Okay. And you work with councils uh, to try and get so councils can use some of their funding because if they have presumably if you can show that there's lots of litter, lots of users in their area, they might be able to channel some of their litter picking budget towards prize money rather than street cleaners. Yeah. So we've we've now got a really really good person on board who who work, who has worked with councils in the past and is now working with councils with us. Um, we spoke about councils early on. And because of the small team and the resources that we had, it was quite difficult to to tackle councils because there's hundreds, 
And so if we wanted to interact with them, we'd have to have one person on the phone or whatever emailing them early days, which, which which we didn't have the capacity for. Now we do have the capacity. We have this person who's dedicated to getting councils on board. And we're seeing that it's a it's a really interesting way of doing things. One, we're getting a group of people who are very interested in a particular area, i.e. The, the, the councils. And two, we're able to do specific things for them. So a lot of councils don't have all that information about the, the litter in their area. They've got rough ideas. So so few councils actually know where various bins are. Um, and so we're being able to give them actual tracking locations and stuff. So yes, we are working with councils. In terms of the budget side of things, I'll just answer that question fairly specifically. We're not in the position currently to be able to go, we can save you this amount of money, um, therefore assign that budget to us. We're at the stage where we can go, or not almost not give us a chance but as in we 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 have proven that we we are able to do these things let's work with you for the next few months and then in a few months time see how we do with those sorts of things and then we'll have a different conversation so yeah we're starting to work with councils it's really exciting all the councils that we're working with are really exciting really positive and um, they're all doing different things as well so we're slowly building this picture um of these different things that are working well that aren't working well that hopefully i would like to think in about a year's time we'll have not mastered it necessarily but we'll have a really really good version of what it'll look like especially for the uk with all these councils working together promoting it um etc so yeah if you're working with a council they're going to want to know if their bins are full or not because quite often you go to pick up some litter and it's that the bins rammed and hasn't been emptied so you can't put the litter in it or if there's a littering hotspot there might not be a bin anywhere or you know there could be a fly tipping issue which is a big issue for councils as well is there an opportunity for sort of rewarding people for gathering data which might be more uh, might not lead to the act of picking up the letter but it might enable councils in particular to deploy their resources more efficiently or indeed brands to see if you know if you're a mcdonald's if it's always the drinks cup that's littered then you know potentially put a message on that or i don't know whether that would help or it's a possibility yeah absolutely that, that's a great insight we are massively about data yes um let me just caveat that we're saying we don't um harvest or sell people's data that's something that we said from the very beginning you know no no data is going to be passed on um you know any brands that we work with we don't pass your data onto them so they can spam you you know incessantly definitely not However, the data that we that we do get is very, very helpful, very important. You know, so for example, let's say we had everyone in the UK using the app. If we then knew where the biggest hotspots were for, you know, bin uses, etc., that's incredibly valuable to a whole host of people, definitely. And we have that in our sites. I'll just come back to the, the various things specifically. So let's say McDonald's, for example, or, or any brand, um, like you say, you know, there'll be particular things that are, that are heavy litter items. So yes, we can, we can and do collect that data. So for example, yeah, you were probably quite right in terms of like the cups and and the chip boxes for example those are some of the highest the highest littered items so you know anything that we can feed back to the brands and encourage them to make you know make more effort either changing the packaging completely getting rid of it um putting notes on it or in our case as we build more and more technology into it the app hopefully in the future will be able to identify what it is you have in your hand and tell you what to do with it um, so that goes into recycling as well so if you have a bottle it will say this is this type of plastic take it to this bin um, and we can encourage them by offering them more points or more coins or more opportunities to win the jackpot by taking that action and then that links into that links into the council stuff as well so let's say for example there is a full bin um, that you're near and it's and and you tell the app that it's full the bit the app will then say okay well why don't you take it home and that in itself is massive for councils if we can reduce the amount that they have to go out to collect the bins also recycling is easier at home 
typically in most households in the UK have some form of recycling um, incentive. So if you take a, if you take a picture of the litter over your bin at home, does that count? Yes, it does. Yeah, we typically say that litter is litter is things that you consume on the go. So it won't. So <laughs> I, I might be judging people here, but for example, a two litre bottle of Coke won't be classed as a litter item because that's sort of stuff that you'd use at home. Some people might say, oh, I take a two litre Coke out of me everywhere. There is obviously a grey area, but generally, you know, it's stuff on the go and you can bin that at home, absolutely. And also if you find something on the street um, and there's no bin around, take it home with you and put it in the bin there. And a lot of people do that, they recycle it. So yeah, just going back to the question, data is massive, absolutely. The more that we can work with both brands and councils and any other, other, other organisations, and work with them that's the biggest thing for us being able to work with various different organizations and just make the biggest picture as possible for us it's about getting litter off the streets stopping it from harming nature um we want to be part of that part of that puzzle basically we want to be a piece of that puzzle brilliant and then you talked there a little bit about giving people more points or coins or opportunities to win if they fulfill a particular action with uh litter is that something that happens now or is that something for the future that's something that's happening. That's something that is being built as we speak. So our first ver- our first version of that, or the first piece of that, is coins. So currently on the app as we speak, which is like early January, you can. And I'm going to use the word only. It sounds bad, but you can only win spot prizes and jackpots. I you can only win cash. You can only win cash prizes. And as we grow, the number of people. Uh, the more people the the smaller your win rate basically and we recognized that early on it was a difficult growing it was a difficult growing pain we wanted to get loads of people on board but the more people we had the few the fewer times people won so we quickly realized that actually we need to have some other form of reward scheme and so we're bringing on coins and through the coins you'll be able to claim different rewards and so we've got some really cool things coming up with that so you'll be able to claim some really decent prizes and rack up rewards the first part of that journey is making sure that there is some kind of reward mechanism to ensure that people will get rewarded for actions so then as we move forward we can be very specific about what actions people can take so if it's just litter if it's just general litter they put it in the bin if there's something that the app will identify as recyclable recyclable I don't know if that's the right word um, so something that is um, uh, able to be recycled and they take it to the, the correct place our app will identify that we are working on that we've just had a grant um, in fact so that we can work on the the AI and the ML the machine learning and then the app will recognize that you've taken that action and the points that you would have won will be multiplied for example so you'll have a five times multiplier so that's really exciting for us we can we can make sure that people aren't just picking up litter they're also being they are they're also recycling but it's also massive for councils absolutely massive for them um because as we said before you know these are sort of things that massively affect their budget you know if we can encourage people to take action as well it'd be great for everyone first mile is the uk's leading waste management service We help over 30,000 businesses reduce their carbon impact with our award-winning range of recycling solutions. Go to our website, which is thefirstmile.co.uk, to get started today. If you're enjoying this episode, don't forget to subscribe. We have brand new episodes every Wednesday. What's the current scale of Little Lotto? Are you in many countries or a few and what's the sort of ambition over the next couple of years? Yeah, when we launched, we made it available globally. The, the theory was that it, litter is a global issue. 
being a UK-based company, our focus was primarily on the UK. We got McDonald's as a sponsor in the UK, so our focus has been, and will continue to be the UK um, for for a few, well, I would say for at least another year um, until we, and I say master, master the, the, the app itself. I don't think we'll ever get to a point where we go, yes, it's perfect, we've absolutely nailed it, let's move on. I think we'll get to a point where we go, yeah, we've, we've, we've got some really good ideas and we know we can then um, pick it up and put it else somewhere else just an answer to your question we're in we're probably active in about 10 different countries and by which i mean we've got users uh, a strong a strong base of users in about 10 different countries in that i include ireland um germany switzerland spain and we've got a few in australia and a smattering elsewhere south africa for example and that that's through word of mouth a big, a big lot of word of mouth. Um, that's with that's with a couple of our partners who have spread us about. We did officially launch in Switzerland, and we're we've got quite a big contingent in Germany because I appeared on a German TV show called Galileo. So um, if you go on YouTube and type Little Otto Germany, you'll probably see me dubbed in German. And when we we're on that, we got about ten thousand downloads within about an hour, which was incredible. So yeah, we 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 are. Quite literally global, we're available globally, we do have users globally. Our biggest stronghold is the UK and we are going to focus on that um, until we've got to the point where we go, okay, we've got a perfect version, not perfect version, but we've got a really good version which we can sort of pick up and move to another country. We've had some issues in the past in terms of language and in terms of translations, that's always fun. Um, a very quick anecdote, we launched in Denmark when we first launched, um, we saw it as a test bed and when we, got, when we were getting it translated, I don't know how it happened, but we managed to translate litter into puppies or cats i think it's because <laughs> no. i think because it's a litter you know a, a litter of cats, a litter of kittens, yeah. and so for the first few days we were telling people effectively to bin their cats <laughs> 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 um, which was fun so that's always a fun one to tell um but yeah we, we, we're growing we're, we're ready for the language side of things um but we are focused on the uk and getting that really good Brilliant. And what's in the world? What's the biggest market for litter? Who, who's got the biggest litter problem and the, and the most people, I guess? Uh, the two that stand out is probably China and the US. China has an incredible litter issue. And as far as we are aware, they're not particularly green as of yet. Um, you know, they're still still a growing economy, etc. And the US is in terms of their waste is is massive it's absolutely massive you can go to different parts of europe and you'll see different versions of litter issues when i was when i was in italy um last year yeah, may time there was a bin strike and the streets were just covered covered in hot garbage um <laughs> it was vile obviously that was that was boosted by the bin strike but but also you know obviously people's people's attitudes and behavior weren't weren't particularly great you know you would have thought that maybe they would have taken it home with them but what tends to happen from what we've seen and from all the research that you can probably find is that when there is a hot litter spot it becomes even an even bigger issue you know once one person has littered they kind of give you know give the green flag to go ahead and litter in that space and so we're keen to make sure that that's not the case so very quickly an example is like bus stops for example they're often a big littered issue you know people one person will leave a bottle on the seat another person will leave a box under the seat and then very quickly it becomes a litter spot so we're keen to make sure that those things don't don't exist it's going ahead in scotland the um deposit return scheme on some effectively packaging to go um small format bottles and cans is that something that's going to impact on your business is that going to be positive negative are you going to somehow integrate with the DRS system in Scotland and if we get it in uh, the rest of the UK? 
Really, really, really good question. So naturally, as a small business, we are nervous about everything. <laughs> um, but at the same, stop. No, but at the same time, excited about everything. You know, we're quite an agile business, and we look at things as, as opportunities as well as as well as potential threats. You know, we have to be we have to be open eyed. So, in terms of the DRS side of things, we're, we're you know we're ultimately pleased about any any action that government take um, because, as we all recognise, it's an issue. In terms of our way of looking at it, thing at the moment, you know. When you when you do the deposit return, you can also use it as, as a submission on Little Lotto. So you got you got a guaranteed return from the deposit return, and you got potential to win stuff from us. So why not? That's how we're approaching it at the moment. And we've seen that in Germany, you know, it works in Germany. They have a deposit return scheme there, and we've had a lot of users in Germany, so it does work. In the future, perhaps there might be something else that we can do more, and perhaps we'll have more closer conversations with our government and future governments, and we're always open to that. But yeah, ultimately, we're not worried about it, we're pleased about it, and we're excited about what we can do with it. And what's the best thing a winner has done with the money? It sounds like you you give them all a call and say, hey, well done, you've won, which is a nice job to have. That'd be a nice part of your job. What's what's the What's the best thing someone's done with the money? I've got to say that the two things that stand out for me is one our first winner louise our first jackpot winner in the uk she won five grand and she put it towards a house she was she was she was saving up to buy a house and she put she put that money she won five grand she put that money to her deposit and so we can say that one of our users effectively bought a house by bidding litter <laughs> that's amazing and it was she was one of our first winners and then you know this isn't to shame anyone else but a couple of our winners have put the money to charity as well um some of our winners are absolute angels incredible incredible human beings a lot of a lot of the people that use the app are sort of already litter pickers and so they're already you know great people and so a couple of our winners have, have donated their winnings to, to, to charity and that's incredible you know <laughs> when they tell me that i sort of have to look inwards and be like i'm not as nice as or as good as them uh, <laughs> but yeah those are the two things that stand out maybe I need, I need to check back in with some of the winners and see whether they've done anything more interesting with it and what's the most unusual piece of litter that you've seen binned, um, probably when it's come through the double authentication? Is there some strange stuff that gets put in the bin? Uh, we've seen a number of sex toys. Right. Uh, and they're often found like in bushes and things. Quite a few tyres and wheels and things. Again, these are sort of on-the-fly tipping end of things. But, you know, people have picked them up and put them towards bins. There's not been that many unusual things. There are the, the thing is, there are thousands and thousands of items that come through, and so it's it's only occasionally that we'll stumble upon something that's really odd or unusual. Um, but but for me, it's it's always the sex toys. It's always like I, I, there's always so yeah. many questions. Um, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and what's the, and what and what's the most common piece of litter? Don't say sex toys. <laughs> Fortunately, um, the most the most littered item aren't sex toys. Um, they are probably the, the answer is probably drinks bottles. I would say that comes up come the most. People tend to use them on the go, so uh, that tends to be tends to be what people bin the most. Brilliant. So we've talked a lot about sort of where you've got to so far. I think business has been in about two years. Is that right? Oh, so it's less than that. Um, we 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 launched in August the year before last, two thousand twenty one. Right, so sort of eighteen months. Eighteen that months, is, yeah, just under yeah. eighteen months. Yeah. So, and we've talked about you know lots of brilliant sort of uh, potential ideas and opportunities and scale in, in for Little Otto. But in the next, let's say, two years, what does success look like for the Lord of Litter? I I think for us as a company, it'll be nailing the UK 
by which I mean feeling confident that we've got a really good model, we've got something that grows and retains users and can clearly show a behavior change, a positive behavior change. To date, we've we've tested the concept, we've tested the model, we've got various different things that have worked well and haven't, and things that we've learnt. And so it's about applying those and getting a really good case study, ultimately, to be able to go, yes, this works, it grows like this, we can turn that dial in and it achieves that, and if we work here, we can, we can make sure that that happens. That's part one of success for us in the UK. The next part is then transferring that to another another country successfully. Um, as I said, you know we are global. We do already exist in various different areas. But be able, being able to go, for example, to Spain or to France and go apply a very similar model, and a, a, as we talked about earlier, scale. That's you know that would be our version of, version of success at the moment. And ultimately, having a model which gives us revenue you know gives us profit um we have we we have brought in money to date we have we have success we have, we, we can show that we've successfully brought on partners but the point at which it's almost a self-fulfilling system where it's self-growing self-perpetuating so for example if we were to say we want to launch in france we put it out there we have to do some marketing but then the companies then get on board and get behind it and we can show real results by companies you know almost like a Facebook style um, system where where companies pay for ads, they pay for rewards um, by Little Lotto. And we encourage people to, to take behavior. That's that sort of version one of success. Um, we kind of we kind of see Little Lotto as a version one or our first iteration. The opportunities are theoretically endless. You know, if we can show that we can change behavior with litter, we can probably change behavior with a lot of other things as well um, that society society needs changing. We have to be careful that we don't end up like Black Mirror and it becomes a society of points, rewards, and people voting for things. But, you know, we will have the power to be able to do various things that, for good, which is really exciting. Um, so I hope that answers your question in terms of what success would in theory look like at least. On this show, we're building a hall of fame for climate heroes, and we always ask our wonderful guests to leave something in First Mile's Climate Heroes Hall of Fame. So what or who would it be? The climate hero for me is someone who is about taking action, someone who is about um, disrupting and making change. He's not necessarily directly focused on climate itself, but just in terms of disruption, and that is the ex-mayor of Sheffield, Magid Magid. Um, or Magid Magid, I can't, can't remember the pronunciation. But he was this young guy who wanted to enter sort of politics and wanted to disrupt. And if you if you Google him, I don't know if, I don't know if you've heard of him. I don't know if the listeners have heard of him. Um, but have a look. He really disrupted what it was what it was to be a Lord Mayor of a city. Um, and he's, he's written a great book, and I'd highly recommend it. It's about disrupting. And for me. I think we do need to disrupt. I think disrupting is the way that we move forward. Um, so like I say, not necessarily climate focused, but in terms of disruption, I think that's what we need in a lot of the climate stuff and the climate discussions that we have. We do need to disrupt and think about things differently. Brilliant. That is a great and very unique addition. Thank you very much. Time for our other regular feature in the show, which is habits for climate change. What new habits would or should we adopt to help reduce our impact on the planet? Over to you, Lord of Litter. So I'm going to apply a general um, habit-changing thing to a climate thing. So for me, the one of the biggest things that I've ever learned about 
bringing up a habit is to make something so ridiculously small that if someone said, could you do that, you would laugh at them. So the example is there was a woman who um, wanted to exercise but never really did it. She had a treadmill at home but never used it. So someone said to her, would you be able to stand on the treadmill for one minute every day? Not turn it on, just stand on it. And she went, yes, of course I could stand on the treadmill for one minute. And so the person said, okay, for the next week, I just want you to stand on that treadmill for one minute every day. It sounds ridiculous, but it builds a habit and she did it. And that was the first, it was unlocking that. It was the smallest version of it. And then gradually it moved up to two minutes, three minutes, turn it on for a minute, turn it on for two minutes, and then it becomes a habit. So turning that to environment, the smallest thing that I want you to do, if you're listening to this now, is choose one thing. I'm going to say litter. Choose one thing. Look out for litter. Do nothing else. Just spot it. When you're out and about, just look for litter. You know, you can do it for a minute. You can do it while you're on the bus. You can do it while you're taking the dog for a walk. Just look for it. Don't do anything with it. Just look for it. And very quickly, you'll start to see loads of it. And then in a week's time, maybe pick one piece up. That would be my that would be my small climate changing thing. Just spot litter. Love it. And we definitely, sadly, know there's lots out there. So you'll definitely start seeing it very quick. I love that. Thank you very much. How did you become a climate hero? How did the Lord of Litter become a climate hero? And what was your journey to, to, to being the Lord of Litter? So my, my background is, is, is marketing, entrepreneurship, creativity, um, things like that. So I started a business when I was at university. It was relatively successful. Managed to exit that. Um, then did some marketing consultancy. Ended up working for Camelot, the lottery company that runs the National Lottery, doing various things within that company. And then started another business called Professional Weirdos, which was all about encouraging people and businesses to bring their creativity, you know, bring their full selves to their workplace effectively, you know. And then um, I was minding my own business one day and David Landsberg, the founder of Little Lotto, got in touch and was telling me about this idea that he had about encouraging people to, you know, not litter. And so we started. We started chatting. Um, he approached me on the from from the perspective of wanting to from from the lottery and Camelot background. I don't think he realised what he was getting into when he started speaking to me. Uh, <laughs> and so we, we kept chatting, kept chatting, kept chatting. And then at the point at which they were sort of getting ready to launch, he you know he asked me whether I wanted to be a part of it. And as a dog walker myself and someone who sees litter regularly, I was already encouraged about the environmental side of things, and then also the behavioural change and the fact that I came from sort of a marketing and lottery background, it all fell into place. Climate-wise, climate hero-wise, I, I I would consider myself fairly normal, um, aside from the professional weirdo side of things, in terms of the climate side of things. And it's the approach that we take to Little Lotto as well. We, we don't, you'll see on our social media and stuff, we don't preach you know, and that's not to say that preaching is bad and that, you know, people such as like Greta Thunberg, for example, aren't good examples and people shouldn't be doing that. But as in, we are of the approach that we want to attract as many people as possible, be as mainstream as possible and get a a sort of a PH7 message across about just, you know, one that, that little bit extra is sort of our approach to it. That's how we want to be. And I, I don't know whether we'd use the term climate hero for Little Lotto. I think potentially we, we would fit into that category, but... For us, it's, you know, doing those little things, encouraging that small change. So, 
yeah, that, that that's how I got that's how I got into Little Lotto. That's my approach to climate as well. You know, every 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 time I learn about something new in terms of climate or the environment, etc., I try to take a little bit. You know, I try to I try to take myself on a journey. I don't jump in, you know, because ultimately I'll 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 burn and die. You know, if I was if I was to try and go. If I was to try and go full vegan, I, I know that I, I know that I'd stop after a week. But you know, gradually reducing my meat intake, gradually um, you know being better with recycling, small steps for me. That's how I approach it. Brilliant, excellent. No, I love it. So we like PH seven. Uh, we like PH seven professional weirdos on uh, climate heroes. You're definitely a climate hero, that's for sure. And I think your uh, tens of thousands of users are as well. So small actions, small small actions make a big change. We've got a few minutes left, uh, Simon. So now is the time to uh, promote and plug for all of our listeners how they find Little Lotto. Tell us all about it. So Little Lotto is a free-to-use, free-to-download app. You can find it on the Google Play Store, the Apple Store. Um, all you have to type in is Little Lotto. It should come up <laughs> as the first as the first entry. Just download it, um, and then very quick sign up. It should take you less than a minute. You just either you put an email address or you sign in through your social logins, and then as and when you have any litter, you click the camera button. You take a picture of your hand holding the litter above the bin and click submit. And the app will tell you there and then whether you've won a spot prize and that your entry has been entered into the jackpot. You can enter as many times as you want, as much litter as you've got. You can do it on the go or if you have litter um, and you take it home with you, you can do that as well. Um, you can find more information online on our on our website and you can follow us on social media as well. We've got some really, and this is this is genuine, You know, we have got some really, really exciting things coming this year. So I would advise people to get on board now because we will be rewarding loyal early adopters. Absolutely. So download it now. <laughs> Simon Jacobs, aka Lord of Litter. It has been a huge pleasure having you on First Mars Climate Heroes. Thank you very much for coming on the show. Thank you very much, Bruce. I've really enjoyed that. The questions were great, um, really stimulating. So hopefully the listeners have enjoyed it as well. Uh, you know, it's always hard to tell, but fingers crossed and hopefully we'll get some downloads as well. I'm Bruce Bratley, and you've been listening to First Miles Climate Heroes, where we meet incredible people making an impact to tackle climate change. If you've enjoyed this episode, leave us a review and subscribe to the show. We have brand new episodes every Wednesday. 